the most important thing is that you're happy with what you're doing. Whatever you select that you're going to do as your business owner, you have to understand this is going to be the new way of life. And if you don't like it, you're not going to hate uh, what you're doing. So for me, it was important that I needed to understand what was it that I loved the most. And it's obviously connecting with individuals. So. Hey guys, welcome, welcome. This is the Plan Your Company podcast. We're going to be talking about personal journey, professional growth, and business success, and finding our purpose and voice as entrepreneurs. We want to uncover real issues that hold us back and ways to push forward despite them. We will challenge each other to become the best version of ourselves, both personally and professionally, as we all evolve to grow and even test our own human potential. Join me, Sandra Noemi Torres, as we uncover real solutions that will help us cross into thriving and succeeding individuals and business owners. Experience breakthroughs, lessons learned, and support as we grow our influence and maximize our impact. Today's featured guest is part of our us highlighting Latina leaders and Latina entrepreneurs in business that are successful and are uh, a role model for us. I want to introduce to you Arminda Figueroa, also known as Mindy, correct? Yes. So Mindy is the founder and CEO of Latin to Latin Marketing and Communications uh, and is celebrating her 12th year at the helm of LTL. Um, LTL is a multiple award-winning engagement solutions agency headquartered in downtown Fort Lauderdale with additional satellite offices in New York, North Carolina, and Puerto Rico. Uh, Figueroa is a long-recognized leader in the traditional multicultural direct and digital marketing fields. I can't wait to get into that. Uh, she has built a successful career focused on generating awareness of the essential role of the multicultural market in corporate America. Prior to launching LTL, Figueroa was a project director for Scholastic Media and oversaw one of the number one ranked uh, PBS television shows, Maya and Miguel. She's also held senior marketing positions at the Bravo Group, Univision, Verizon, Anheuser-Busch, Figueroa is a sought-after presenter at industry seminars and conferences, uh, a featured speaker in the Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce of Women's Council. Uh, following the devastation as well, after Hurricane Maria, Figueroa has served as an advisor for Governor Rick Scott for the South Florida relief efforts for Puerto Rico and the founder, one of the proud founders of the philanthropic grassroots Adopt a Puerto Rican uh, adopt a Puerto Rico Puerto Rican family. Figueroa served as on the board of the Hispanic Federation for 16 years and helped raise more than 25 million dollars as part of the Gallic and Marketing Committee. Uh, today she is the board member of the tower. She is on the board of the Tower Club of Fort Lauderdale, member of the Advisory Council of Hispanic Federation, a founding member of the Women's Council of the Greater Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce. Uh, and serves on the Marketing Council for Hispanic Unity. She has been recognized by El Diario La Prensa as one of the 50 most influential Latinas by South Florida Business Journal as one of the top influential business women in 2017. Uh, and she also received the Golden Mouse Award for Multicultural Marketing. Uh, 
Leader of the Year by the Florida Chapter of Women in E-Commerce. And in 2018, she received the Diversity in Business by the Greater Fort Lauderdale Chamber of Commerce and most recently was named the face of Fort Lauderdale for Latin marketing by Gold Coast Media. That's a mouthful. That's awesome. <laughs> in short, an amazing woman, an amazing Latina woman, an amazing oh, role model for many. So thank, thank you, you and welcome. Thank you, Mindy. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Uh, that makes me feel like I'm getting old. <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah, so that's so much. I, I definitely want to dive into that. But before we do, tell us something that's not in your profile. Tell us in your bio. Tell us something more personal or where you grew up at. What's your, your background? Okay. Well, I'm from Puerto Rico, obviously. And um, and uh, I think it's something unique, and I actually write in, in a book that, that uh, was published last year about uh, how I started to, how I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur and started with my family, you know, my, my grandparents on the paternal side, they owned a uh, gas station in Guaynao. Actually, I believe it was the first one to, that was established there. And I saw my grandparents, it, it was a family affair, right? I saw my grandparents that never finished uh, high school basically become entrepreneurs and uh, how they lifted their, their family, uh, their two sons to, for them to become professionals and pay for education. That was like the ticket out to move up the, the social ladder. Uh, but most importantly, how I used to pump uh, gas when I was like, I don't know, six, seven years old and um, understanding, you know, how to obviously pump the gas, say hello to the customer, you know, have a smile and all that kind of stuff and then run with the cash because there was no credit card then. Rush to the, to the, to inside the little store where my grandmother was overseeing the cash register, the old cash register where, you know, you punched up the keys and then she would count the money. She would make sure that, that I had the right uh, change and we would go back and we would say uh, goodbye to the, to the uh, customer. And for me, that was how everything started. I knew in me that I was gonna do something uh, having my own business. So that's the litter, I guess, information that uh, nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's powerful. You know, you had someone there, you know, to kind of, to guide that. So did you grow up in, in Puerto Rico or did you grow up in the States? Yeah, no, I, I well, uh, if you think about the number of years that I've been in the United States, I have actually spent more time in the States than I've spent in Puerto Rico, but I, was born and raised in Puerto Rico, and uh, I did my undergraduate uh, studies in marketing and business at the University of Puerto Rico. And then that's when I decided to move to New York uh, to do my MBA program. And uh, I got a little bit sidetracked because I got a job. I worked with, with Mayor Koch for a few years, uh, for a couple of years. And it was an entry-level position, but it was a fascinating opportunity to learn and meet people. That's where I met, actually, uh, you know, the founding member of, uh, of Hispanic Federation, Luis Miranda, who happens to be the father of uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. And uh, there, it, for me, he was a tra trailblazer, uh, opening the doors for all the Latinos uh, in the 80s, in the late 80s in New York. And then after that, I moved to where I really wanted to be at, which was working in corporate America. I worked with Anheuser-Busch. That was my first real corporate America job in marketing. And I uh, stayed with them for about seven years, had 
various different opportunities, went to Mexico, lived there for a few months and doing a, you know, a buyout of, uh, of uh, Corona, Corona beer. Uh, that was in the 90s. So yeah, I, you know, I lived in uh, United States longer than I lived in Puerto Rico at this point, but I consider myself a Puerto Rican and Islander girl, and that's my, those are my roots, and I'm sticking to that. <laughs> claro que sí, you have to. <laughs> you know, so many people have this, uh, you know, this thought process that if you're in, in, in the States, you lose who you are, your true identity, you know, y esa sangre no lo puede cambiar, you know, it's, yeah. you are yeah. that, so that's, that's awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So what made you, where was the, like, the tipping point where you said, mm -hmm. okay, I'm ready to pursue this Latin-to-Latin -Latin communications yeah. and marketing? That, that's a great question. I, I was in corporate America for close to 20 years uh, working in New York City and uh, went from beer, from, from the government, went to beer, went to, I uh, was hired uh, by what is today called Verizon. Uh, and uh, at that point, I stayed with them for about seven years. I uh, was part of a group of people that established uh, the first multicultural uh, marketing team within uh, a baby bell, right? So remember the baby bells and the mama yeah. bells, et cetera? So we were 9x at that point. It tells you how many years ago it was. Uh, but uh, it was fascinating because truly, you know, while I learned so much from the beer business, uh, anything to connect, uh, to have a connection with the consumer, uh, regardless of the fact that you were number one a beer company in the world, uh, there was a constant focus on, on understanding the consumer base and engaging with them. And I went direct, then I went into direct marketing. So it was a total different area for me, which it was fascinating. And it's what today we call, you know, digital media and everything. But in there, we used to mail a piece of paper and people will open it and they will, they will call you back, right? So now people, you know, you knock on the door, a digital door, you get it open and then people decide to see or not or to like you or not like you and to engage or not engage. So it's been fascinating to seeing that uh, change of what it was, direct response, direct marketing, uh, working for them and then uh, seeing what's digital marketing today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's funny. I say when I say direct mail, it's almost like uh, you know, almost like bad today. Like people are like direct mail. I'm like, yeah, there was a time. <laughs> yeah, you see direct mail, you you now throw it in the garbage. I mean, I, that's unfortunately what happens, and people mm. don't understand that there is a met, uh, um, a method to it, and there's a lot of thousands of dollars involved in that. So, um, you know, it's it's about how to figure out to what is the next way to engage with people and and um and i've been very fortunately after after i left um uh verizon i moved to god let me figure out oh i went to univision.com mm -hmm. so univision.com that was fascinating because we were the first team you're gonna see a lot of first in many ways and again i think that's because of uh, my age now but the point is i've been around in several different um opportunities to be the first of many projects. That was when we were launching Univision.com. And that's where the, the whole thing about the dot-com uh, era, you know, people working crazy hours. We slept on the floor sometimes because we needed to launch to have a page go up and live and, and, and so forth. So that was uh, fascinating. It only, I only lasted about eight months, but it was, it was uh, because it was too intense for me. And uh, I went to work for... Um, 
what I was uh, doing. I was working with, after that I was working with the Bravo group. And uh, that was really cool. Uh, we were doing uh, AT&T, so I went back to telephony. Uh, and that was also uh, very, very interesting because I was able to adapt uh, what I've learned being in the tele telecom sector, but now from the agency perspective. Um, so go, I, I, I'm going to get to the answer of when I started. So let me just give you a little bit of, of sure. that, that, what culminated into this. After I spent two, a couple of hours, a couple of years rather, with uh, the Bravo Group under Daisy Esposito, a mentor, a friend, uh, someone that I really uh, admire uh, and love dearly, uh, I was offered to be part of um, Scholastic, where Maya and Miguel were producing this show of Maya and Miguel for Little Kids. Something new, something that it didn't exist. I never market cartoons or anything to kids. I always was on the adult side, beverages, telecommunications, et cetera. So now that really was like a, a tipping point for me because I realized that I have been, by, the, by, by design, I was grabbing as much information as and much experience as I could in order for me to make the transition. I knew deep inside that I was gonna own my own business, but I didn't feel ready in my 30s, I didn't feel ready in my 20s to, to make that leap of faith. So when I finished my contract with Scholastic, I proposed to them to uh, become a consultant and while well, I could explore other opportunities. And that's why really was my pivot. And that's when I felt that I have saved enough money to be able to go into these char new charter waters, but also to uh, to have the maturity uh, and the knowledge that I have acquired by working with major amazing companies corporate from a corporate perspective, but then go on my own. So yeah, so that's when, when it happened. And I did it purposely when I finished my stint with, with Scholastic, but they became my first client. So, uh, and that was fascinating. And, uh, and but it, it was that moment. And I was also, I think it, it was that, that thing that was in my, my, I turned 40 and I said, I, this is now, I've got to do it now. So that's what happened. <laughs> I know that was a long-winded answer, but I wanted to get yeah. to go how it led to, to the other side. <laughs> no, that, that was perfect. There's always a backstory, right? It's never one moment in time. It's a culmination of like all of these things I knew in my heart and it was about yeah. being ready, you know? So I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things and, and why I'm passionate about this and highlighting Latinas is because about 20 years ago when I got into corporate America uh, as a director of marketing, I, um, and I was in telephony as well in, in telecommunications and uh, cellular one back then. But one of the oh, things yeah. that I, that I didn't have was Latina leaders, Latina mm -hmm. women that were in the, that I would, you know, Google and be like, who can help me that knew me, that understood my culture, that understood, you know, just the lives of the, right. the Hispanic, you know, lifestyle. And uh, I would always, you know, the internet was, you know, fairly new back then, but I would, I would type, you know, like, let me find women that are that I can look up to and that was not readily available did you find for you um to to have those mentors to have the Latina you know that self-belief right you know because mm -hmm. I think that's what's lacking a lot today is that that audacity that that self-belief and that someone like me has done that or something right. similar well because of the same uh 
a premise that I mentioned that I, have, I was the first of many things that I was involved with. Um, you're right that I did not have uh, a model in corporate America per se that I could go on and sort of uh, como paño de lágrimas, you know, like, oh my God, what happened here? How do I deal with this, et cetera, et cetera. Actually, men, Latino, Latino men in particular, became one of my mentors. I was in the beer industry. I needed to develop some type of, a, uh, you know, what is it, thick skin in order to deal with the political landscape. I, I learned, I observed how men interacted with each other they will banter, they will have different type of activities and, oh, you know, I don't agree with you, this and that. But then at the end of the, of the day, they will walk outside and say, you want to grab a beer? And it was like, what? <laughs> you know, you, you're friends with still after you got the big, biggest fight in the, in the boardroom. Yeah, nothing personal. So I learned that from guys, from the guys, and I adore working with, with my guys at that time. And one of, the, uh, one of this particular person I started working with uh, became also, you know, the, what, what I call sometimes a corporate warfare, you know, how to deal with certain political situations, et cetera, and how do I assert myself, how I needed to assert myself. And, and not, you know, the one thing I wasn't looking to become masculine in the sense of the, uh, the way I was dealing, I needed just to understand what was the thought process and how I could still maintain my Latinaness, my assertiveness, my professionalism, and for me to be taken seriously in what I needed to bring to the table. So it was, I was, I, I use men as role models initially because I couldn't find one in particular. Nonetheless, I always say that I also use my mother as a, as a role model. And I also use my grandmother as a role model because of the story I just told you that when I used to go out, bring the cash, from the customer after pumping gas, she would be the one giving me the change. But most importantly, she was the one who was counting the money and the finances of the business. So I learned that from her. And I learned that she always told me, you need to save money, you need to put money away, etc." She was always focused on that, right? So yeah, so, so those were my two initial close role models because that's the only people that I had around me to look up for. Um, and then obviously, Eventually, uh, who is my spouse today and, and who I met later on and, and became another amazing, great, uh, great role model. And even my own sisters, my own younger sisters became their, their bankers, their chemical engineers. So I pull all of that energy into and they, today they continue to be my role models too. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, I know you deal with a lot of analytics of the Hispanic community. What do you think, and I want to get into that, I want to get into what, what you guys do. What do you think are some of the obstacles today that Latinas have, or the Hispanic community as a whole, right, um, when it comes to um, needing that role model, and maybe they don't have it in their immediate family? Yeah. Uh, you know what, though, that's a great question. We, I had the opportunity to, do a, uh, to be part of a team uh, along with Latino Rific and on um, behalf of uh, the network of executive women is called new out of uh, in in Chicago they commissioned us to go around and interview uh, Latinas in corporate America and understanding what were those exactly obstacles and so forth and uh, one of them was uh, I remember this lady from Chicago young uh, young young lady was the, they missing the lack of social collateral 
And we were like, okay, what does that mean, right? Because we don't know what it means to you, or I don't know what it means to me. And it's the fact that, you know, if you, if you didn't have, if you don't, didn't grow up uh, or didn't go to the right schools out of the, the right uh, side of the train tracks, or you didn't go to an IV school, et cetera, which that's social collateral networking, in other words, or behaviors in front, you know, that you can assert yourself or that you are outside of your, you pull yourself out of, outside of your Hispanic or Latinanist culture into the Anglo culture or into the collective culture, you don't know what to do. You don't know how to deal with that. So I thought that that was one of the most amazing insights that I received from, from interviewing more than 50 ladies across the country and, and that we need to provide that social collateral to our other younger generations of Latinas. We need to hold their hands sometimes and say, you know, um, perhaps you need to dress this way. Perhaps when you're developing a, a, a case about something, you need to look people in the eye uh, and understand and have your all your information and ads to get uh, all facts together, and then come up with a case or build your your case accordingly. With this is what it is, and be pragmatic about it too, and and remove emotion and also remove. Don't believe that you are in the living room of your house with your parents or your family or your friends. It's you need to understand where that line gets set behind. And then a new, it's like stepping into a new custom. And it's not that you're phony, it's understanding your environment. And if we, like right now, we are adapting to a new norm and a new environment. What do we have to do about it? We have to adapt. So that doesn't mean that if I talk a lot with my hands, like I'm doing right now, because I'm very Latina in Puerto Rican, that means that maybe when I'm in a, in a different, uh, in a boardroom, I am controlling and I'm putting probably my hands this way so that I don't distract the people and the message that I want to deliver. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's really understanding the psychology. What is the psychology going on in that room, in that boardroom, and how do I play a role to contribute to this and even feeling a right to contribute to it? Um, but understanding those dynamics, it's the psychologies, you know, marketing is beautiful because of the psychology and yes. the strategy and the thought process of, okay, how do we communicate in essence, right? How do we reach people where you're, you're, you're meeting each other kind of heart to heart in essence and navigating those waters because I'm sure you've had to deal with a lot of, um, you know, you're the Latina, you know, I, I, I was, I was the only Hispanic in a, in a all boardroom of men that were Jewish, you know, so I was the Latina woman and, and they looked at Hispanic women a specific way, you know, but I had worked my way in that organization, but I was still in the back of my mind, just the Latina. Do you know what I mean? Like I yeah. felt empowered within myself, but how do I prove this worth? You know, how do mm -hmm. I, how do I really execute and, and, you know, feel that my voice matters in this table and how do I navigate those waters? I was one of the guys, you know, you learn to navigate that. But for the women that don't, you know, I've coached women that I'm, I'm like, you know, from a receptionist to where they're, they're doing it, you know, they, they've built that courage, but it takes time. How do we impact is kind of always on the back of my mind. How do we make that impact in a mass of Hispanics, you know, where they could all feel that you know, and what will it take to, to do that? 
I, I, I have to tell you um, that now that I heard what you just said, well, I think one of the things that worked for me was looking for a ambassador. I identified an ambassador within all the organizations that I work with, that whether it was a man or a, a woman, that after, you know, I, and it didn't have to be a Latina woman at that point because there were not many of us. But the point was that I, I identified an Anglo, let's put it that way, an Anglo individual as a ambassador, mm -hmm. uh, as a sponsor, right? And there's a difference between a mentor and a sponsor, right? And I, I'm sure when you're coaching people, you, you're defining that for them, right? Because a mentor is someone I can go to and talk about how I feel and they, they boost your 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 self esteem and they pick you pick you pick your pieces up and they they say you're on the right place or, or on the right path or not. But sponsor is someone that has the power to move you along in the in, in the organization. So I always try to find a sponsor in that sense. And it wasn't in a deliberate way. Today I think people should have a deliberate sponsor. You know, you should identify someone. It, it was more intuitively. I wanted to be around someone that would let me, would lead me and say, how do you get there? I want to be there, right? So with that, for instance, I eventually, uh, you know, did it through corporate, but when I did, started my business, what I did was I partnered with non-Latino, small or medium, mid-sized agencies that needed a partner like me to come up with the strategy for the Hispanic market will come together and together we were bringing something totally new to a particular organization and at the same time that person because of his role in society and the perceptions in society as an anglo uh, most likely either white or african-american will have already opened the doors for me and i just and when they i came in and they presented i have a solution i was received in a total total different way I was received as an expert rather than, oh, what is what you're what are you selling me? Right? Totally different, totally different. So in today's today's um way of doing business with me, uh, as, as you point, you know, I have uh, a great uh partner, uh Jewish. Uh he loves Puerto Rican. I think he's a wannabe Puerto Rican too. <laughs> uh, so I, I I'm sure when he sees that he's gonna laugh. But um you know, we have been able to partner and we're bringing stuff that we're doing from Israel and from Puerto Rico and making it happen there, here, everywhere. And it's just fascinating, fascinating. So that's my experience. <laughs> I love that. The, you know, and that's the human network, right? You know, you kind of mix different things and you learn from each other and you kind of culminate to something that really is new and, and different yeah. and it's a th different thinking. Absolutely. So, I want to know what your agency does. Like, give us the what are the services you guys do? How can you help small or large organizations? Give us that whole gamut, that picture. We we are we are a boutique agency that we uh, define ourselves as an engagement communications agency. Uh, I I and I'm going to say what I'm not. I am not an advertising agency, but we do advertising too. So we provide a full service. Uh, portfolio of services, anything from understanding, you know, uh, from a research perspective, uh, all the way to developing the strategy, all the way to then delivering the plan of action and then making it happen, right? So that can be manifested in many different uh, strategies. And what happens is specifically that, that uh, we go in 
uh, basically to kind of open the hood of a car inside the organization first. If somebody says, I want to tap into the Latino market, and that's what is called Latin to Latin, although it has uh, evolved into L2L because right now we are the agency of record for some organizations that have nothing, we're not doing anything in the Hispanic market. It's all pure total market. And what happens is that we're looking from the inside first. So we're saying, how prepared are you to really welcome guests to your home that speak Spanish or that are of Latino background and they speak English or both? And when we open that hood, we're understanding, oh, you have all these things. This engine is working great. You're doing something fascinating here. However, look, there's two or three areas that you may be able to augment, enhance, and that will increase additional revenue for you. When you have that conversation with a client like that, they see, oh, so what do I need to do? Okay, you may have to do, uh, you may have to do high-end advertising to high-end Latinos in English. Have you thought about that? Oh, no, no, we're only doing Spanish right now. Oh, you see, you're missing an opportunity there, right? Uh, so when we, when, we, when, they, when we engage with clients, we tell them that we walk them the path to engage with that Latino market. Or when we engage to Latino-owned organizations, we lead the way to engage with the general market or cross or, or everything. So we do both. I don't know if that is clear, but uh, that's how we see the work that we do. Yeah, for sure. It's about reaching, you know, a new audience, whether it's better communications with their existing audience, but you're also helping them find new pipelines where they're reaching a new target audience. I love that. Right. Yeah. So um, we are not done about the traditional advertising and says, oh, we're there to do the TV ad. No, no, no. Uh, you know, digital obviously is a big thing, PR, government relations. I mean, there's so many different tactics in your arsenal of, of marketing tools that we don't go there with just one, one particular cookie, uh, cookie cutter type of solution. And we work with anyone from one, one, I'm sorry, I have to open a door to someone important. Hold on. Okay. Come here, Mr. Frigo. All right, that's Piccolo, but it's now a little bit, he's checking because he needs food. Anyway, <laughs> I'll show it to you in a minute. Um, sorry for that. Um, so yeah, so, so communication is critical. Understanding the objectives of the, of, of the clients is for, for us uh, very important, but we work with the one person operation all the way to a you know, 500 fortune company. So we are very, being very lucky, we, our work has been rewarded uh, in many ways because we are in healthcare, so we're about saving lives and helping people. Uh, we're in education, so anything from, like I mentioned before, scholastic all the way to higher education. And then we are in, um, in uh, lifestyle. Uh, you know, we are right now in 50 plus, 55 plus community, senior living or redefined living. So uh, we're, we're really excited about uh, the stuff that we're doing because it has, it has a meaningful um, desire, desire to help other people. I'm no longer in beer. I'm no longer in, in, in telecommunications. Uh, we work with a vodka. We produce, we, we help launch a new vodka that is out there called Rocabella. So that's very, it's very impactful. I mean, we love what we're doing, so. <laughs> 
I love that. I love that. Now, what are, what are some insights that you would give, you know, after all your research and like, what, are, what is something that you would, um, like some insight that you, or advice, you know, I wish I knew you, you know, in my, as I'm, you know, as we're kind of working our way through corporate America, because this is like, you exemplify leadership, you know, you exemplify somebody that says, you know, I'm going for this, I have a vision, I have a goal, you know, um, and I'm going for it, you know, and, and, and that's so powerful to see and to observe and your energy kind of like, I'm sure you, you have inspired tons of women along mm -hmm. your journey and along your path. I mean, you are, that's, so. it's inspirational. What is advice um, or what do you feel is lacking personally within the community and what is advice you would give them or give other women that are on the cusp of, okay, I, I feel like I would like to start my own business and, you know, I don't, they don't know where to, where to go next with that. I always say, uh, and, and, and I hope that this inspires other people. Uh, it's all about that, right? After you have achieved a certain uh, success and success can be, it doesn't mean that you have, you know, wealth or anything. I mean, that's important, but the most important thing is that you're happy with what you're doing. Whatever you select that you're going to do as your business owner, you have to understand this is going to be the new way of life. And if you don't like it, you're going to hate uh, what you're doing. So for me, it was important that I needed to understand what was it that I loved the most. And it's obviously connecting with individuals. So that's why, you know, uh, you know, part of my title is marketing connector. So I love to connect people. Uh, so that was that. The second most important thing, and I think it's the best uh, step that I did. I made a lot of mistakes. Believe me, I have made a lot of mistakes. But the best thing that I did was, first of all, when I decided to go on my own, I decided to make sure that I have enough money in the bank to pay myself a salary and, and, and make sure that I cover my basics. And also uh, with, you know, consult with your spouse to see how the lack of certain income was gonna affect the, the finances of the house. If that person, your spouse was willing to cover certain other areas, that was, that was an important conversation to have, number one. Number two, also the fact that I wasn't, you know, I wasn't using other people's money, I was using my own money. So, but at the same time, I was able to negotiate at that time a, a great partnership with my employer, which was Scholastic, where they actually said, why don't you stay as a consultant and I will become your first, your first client. So they did it so, I tell you, so elegantly. They basically allowed me to stay as a part-time employee for the first six months so I could still get my benefits, right? And uh, while I was transitioning out and becoming a consultant, that was such a, you know, financially such a big plus because I wasn't, I still gonna have access to all the benefits. And also mentally, you prepare yourself. Imagine, you know, you get paid at 15th on the 30th of every month. I wasn't, as a, as a consultant or as an agency, you don't get paid until 30 days net or 45 days net. It's not, you don't get the 15 and the 30. So you have to, you have to change that behavior. You have to adapt to the new reality. So I think those two things are very critical. Understand your finances, talking to your family or your spouse, whoever you, is going to help you in that journey. And then on, on loving what you, what you do. Then that's kind of on the emotional side. And 
and, and rational. But then you have to have experts to help you. You have to have an accountant. You have to have a, a, a lawyer. Uh, I wish I made mistakes because I sort of look at, at them later on where I didn't get the right advice uh, at, uh, at the beginning. I think that that's critical. And then, of course, I market it. You have to market your product. People are not just going to come into you. You got to figure out a way to, to market. This is a way to market us. Uh, this is a way to help other people. Uh, you, have to mark, you have to do marketing, period. You have to do marketing. Yeah, so many people, the, the concept of if you build it, they will come is kind of like no more. You know, if you build it and market it and you're out there, they will come. <laughs> it's like, it's like some, somebody says, oh, you know, help me uh, put together a, a web page. And they put, we go through a nice web page. They spend a couple of thousand dollars or whatever. And then all of a sudden they're not marketing the, the page. They're not telling, they're just sit there and it's not doing anything. I'm like, what? Why do you spend this money to do what? Yeah. You know, what is the lead generation? How do you create that lead generation? You know, how do you use Google AdWords? How do you use all these uh, social media uh, paid and organic to, to, make, to bring attention to your page and to your product? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And, and I love that you're a local resource here and you're also, all, you know, nationwide, you know, you can yeah. appeal to audiences everywhere. And international, you know, Israel, you know, uh, you know, Latin America, etc. So we're very, we are in a, in a very unique uh, position. We're very nimble. I mean, you know, it's funny, you, 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 you know, we're doing, we're talking about, um, about digital, doing Zoom, etc. My team has been half since inception, and we're going to our 13 year. Since inception, we have been half virtual and half physical. I always have a small office space because half of my team was in New York uh, or in North Carolina or Puerto Rico or other places, depending on where the clients were or in Houston, Texas. So when every time, regardless of my limited resources compared to other companies, I always look for what was the latest technology? What do we have there? You know, we started with Skype. We started with uh, voice over IP. We started with, you know, a lot of stuff to, from a technical perspective. When the cloud came out, you know, Microsoft and everybody, we jumped into it. We moved all, all our, all, all, everything. It's in the cloud. I barely, I don't have, I don't have, um, you know, uh, files. I don't have files. Everything is in that cloud. So when we made the decision two weeks ago to move, almost two weeks ago, to move everybody home, it was like, no problem. Not a problem. It, you know, we, we, without, without missing a beat. So the only thing we are missing is hugging each other or saying hello, you know, uh, in the mornings and having a coffee together. But we are doing it uh, through, through uh, cyber and, uh, you know, technology. So, yeah, exactly. and that's where we are. Yeah. yeah. It's a different world. We are definitely in a, in a interesting times, I suppose. It's, it's really, you know, the only thing you can frame it. Um, but it's, it's an interesting times. Uh, and I think this is part of, you know, the message here is, what do you do in these interesting times? Mm -hmm. Money is shifting from hand to hand. Think about this. The people that are losing their jobs in bars or restaurants, and I'm not talking about necessarily everybody because we have to help them. Some of them are moving towards other type of businesses that are booming in this uh, 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 current tragedy that we're experiencing. You know, uh, Amazon hiring 100,000 people. 
uh, you know, the hospitals, they're, they're hiring more people. Uh, everybody's had, you know, what is the other one? Oh, the public, you know, the, the um, supermarkets. Uh, online, everything online, people, they need people to make sure that they can get the, pro you can get the product delivered to your house. So what we need to think is, how do we insert ourselves in that? How do we pivot in order to be able to be part of that solution, right? Uh, and yes, what is coming in the next month, it's going to be very, very hard financially for a lot of us, all of us, including ourselves. Even if you have made, made uh, arrangements financially, et cetera, still, you know, because you want to help other people, right? You don't want to you don't want to be, oh, I'm, well, but what about that person piling up? You know, Bill Gates said in, in his speech, he said, oh, we're going to bring back the economy at the expense of people dying? Oof, that's, that's really not novel, right? So, um, so that, this is the time to look at how do you insert yourself in a solution to the current situation that we have? What do you need to do to pivot as a company and think differently, whether you're a one men or women operation or you have a team and and then get clarity how you make it happen and then put a plan together to make it happen so that's the way i see it yeah <clears throat> it's true it's true and you know it's about thinking differently you know how, that whole concept itself is what you know it's difficult for a lot of people but it's something that needs to be focused on you know thinking outside the box literally mm -hmm. thinking differently thinking strategic you know in, in, in that way and also because people have time now to probably the two hours that they have of commuting every day which is the average right back and forth what do you do with that time what what are you doing okay you can watch a lot of netflix or you can watch a lot of demands or or the news or what have you, but what are you doing to think during those two hours that you were in the middle of traffic, that you were arriving at home all um, uh, stressed out because somebody cut you in front, uh, that you almost, you know, uh, that you forgot the, the, the milk and this and that or whatever. Now we have time in our heads to think differently, to do something differently. Well, let's use that time to think come up with amazing, amazing ideas and make them happen. That's the way I see it. <laughs> I love it. I love, I love it. I love it. I <laughs> want to thank you so much for this interview. I want everybody to know how they can get a hold of you. What are the hashtags? What are the, the, your social media handles so they can follow you? Uh, absolutely. Well, uh, uh, you know, Araminda at l2lmarketing.com is my email. Uh, also, uh, the, the office cell phone number we we went mobile to is uh, 954-376-4800 latin to latin marketing and uh facebook uh mindy fig on on instagram arminda figueroa on facebook uh also latin to latin in facebook and instagram i say that too and uh, i think on twitter i'm both arminda or mindy fig uh so I love to hear if anybody has any questions or anything or ideas they want to bounce off because at this moment we, we have that time. I'll open to get on the phone, Zoom, whatever, and have that, uh, that um, opportunity to explore new opportunities together.